podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. He's having a meltdown over the intro music. Phil has just left because of the, the uh, music. Uh, Dicko's, please, God stays here because um, he's in his lair. The internet's all over the shop. The lighting's all over the shop. I, I, I was literally waiting for an episode of the Rugrats to start on my laptop or something. There was somebody in the chat there the last day. Um, oh, yeah, Red Steve says, Evening Reds, who's your loser? The three United fans that walked out or the Norwich fans that didn't even bother? Um, funny you say that, Red Steve, because uh, Shawnee, in the last minute change of heart, has changed his losers of the week. He will come to that in a little bit. But you are welcome to winners and losers from the LFC Day Trippers. It is Monday night. You know how it works. Uh, the lads all bring a winner of the weekend and a loser of the weekend, and we talk about them, and we try to get out of your way within about an hour. If you're watching, hit the like button. If you're subscribed, great. If you haven't, subscribe, um, share, and of course, put your comments in the chat and we'll read out as many as we possibly can as we go um phil shawnee dicko you're all very very welcome i'm going to start with dicko while the internet looks like it's working and we just all <laughs> cross our fingers dicko um Hello. you choose winner or loser you go for it dicko which one would you like to go with first um let's start i'm going to start with my loser this okay. week yeah, I am. And it's the relegation battle and it's, um, it's Leeds, really. I mean, they've, uh, they've gone from kind of, you know, being on the beach, sort of, you know, some of the players maybe getting the flip flops out to being absolutely, you know, barely nine points. Um, Everton getting a win all, all of a sudden, um, you know, they, they, they drew, well, obviously not the last game because they got trounced by City, but. To Palace, and I think they they felt that that was a great point. Um, I hate this fucking thing. Seriously, it's like one deal. And um, and they've been dragged into it, and they're in for me now. They're in the most precarious position of all because they've got to switch that mentality now from um, from potentially thinking they're safe to actually being dragged straight back into it. And I was having a look at the fixtures there and they've actually got some tricky fixtures. They've got to play, still got to play Chelsea and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last two games are a little bit easier. But um, when you look at Burnley's, they've got to play Villa twice um, and they've got winnable games. Like they, they could potentially get, say, three wins. And then Everton's... Um, you know they've, you know they've obviously picked up three points against Chelsea. There, they you know, seem to have some kind of formula where they've gone a bit more negative, but it's working for them. Uh, time waste, not really worry about possession or keeping the ball. Uh, just now and um, yeah, they 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 seem to be able to um, carve out results all of a sudden, and they've got couple of very winnable home games. So I think Leeds this week are my losers because they are absolutely in a relegation battle again. 
Kevo Sullivan says the big injuries losing Dallas and Cooper is huge. Cooper was out for a good while centre back and he's he was back now, he's gone again. Um Dallas um looks I think his season's over. Um from from what I've seen. Look, the, the uh, look nasty. Yeah, yeah. See, the yeah. season is over. Shawnee Leeds a couple of weeks ago were looking at it going more or less you know they got a good, good couple of results I think one of them was away at Watford where they win 3-0 and you're thinking ah they're okay now and now they're just and then when you look but now when you look at their running and who do you have like Dicko said the form they're in the players they're losing I, I, you'd nearly make them favourites to go down now Sean yeah I, I agree wholeheartedly I think Barney seemed to have a little bit of a bounce from your man uh, the assistant coach and and Mike Jackson and Ben May and everything had just seemed to be just getting those little ones that they need and everything far for the first time on the weekend really that I'd noticed and I didn't see that in them and they look like they're going again but Leeds looking big trouble and Gav, I don't know whether you remember but when we did the preview shows at the start of the season we done teams to go down and I actually I backed Leeds to go down this season because I genuinely reckon that they needed to sign seven or eight players in the window last year to maintain the level that they did because one of the things that flashed up at the end of last season was how how much they they nearly out sprinted the second the the second team with the most sprints by double mm. and I was thinking that is not sustainable it's not sustainable with that squad that they had and that type of football they were going to break down and literally this whole season they've just been riddled with injuries. They've hardly had Phillips. They've hardly had Bamford. And they've struggled. And it did look like they were home and house there for a bit. But they're in big, big trouble now. And much like... I just see Burnley and everything getting more points between now and the end of May. And I think that will end up with them going down. And I think they'll kick themselves. Because like Dicko said, it looked like they were smelling themselves a little bit um, after yeah. a, couple of, a couple of big results. So, yeah. I can see them well now. And to be honest, that would fucking wreck my head because it literally looked like a stage where we were picking between Burnley and everything to go down and it was going to be one of them. So I would have been like, everything go down, it's all coins of crack. If Burnley go down, we don't have to fucking play Burnley next year. But it looks like we're going to lose Leeds, which, to be honest, doesn't really uh, do anything for me, positive or negative, because I just, I think... If they go down again, they will struggle to get back up because I thought Bielsa was the little bit of magic that they needed to get back up into the Premier League. And I just, I think your man Marsh is a bit of a waffler, to be honest with you. I think he'd be found out quick, fast down in the, down the championship. In the championship. Yeah, they've got a terrible goal difference as well. That's, yeah, they've an awful goal difference because they've been hammered a good few times. Like, I think. Hmm. He, and that's the thing, like. You can see the nine one or of ten to us. They're like one of them teams where you go, they actually played all right. No, they didn't. They got fucking battered for nil. <laughs> like yeah. they put it up to them, they didn't. That that shit. They yeah. can't score goals and they can see the fuck tone. And they've injuries now boiling up. I reckon they're goosed. Um, Taurus is Burnley and Leeds both on thirty four. People think Leeds are the bigger bigger danger, but would you really trust Everton, Phil? We spoke we spoke a while ago about the top four, and you know, do you trust Spurs? Do you trust Arsenal? Do you trust um, United at the time? Who do you trust the most to try to get out of this? Because, yeah, Everton are two <coughs> points. I think they're two points behind both Leeds and Burnley. They have a game in hand. I think that game in hand might be Leicester. Um, I could be wrong, but it's definitely... I think it's Watford. For, uh, I think it's Watford, Gav. Watford might be their game in hand. Yeah, week, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, Phil, 
you look at Leeds running, you look at everything, like the lad said, they've just changed the way they're playing. They're just fighting now and just not bothered with having the ball, just trying to get points. Leeds running is horrendous. What do you rake of it? Do you think Leeds are in serious trouble? Burnley goes. You think Burnley go? Mm. I think they've had to yeah. run for him. This is, this is all I about mean, time. two games against Villa. I mean... But th- this is all about time in your run. So if you look at Everton and Leeds, they've both been sort of bouncing between draw, win, draw, loss, win, that type of thing, right? Burnley have now won three on the bounce. It's going to be very hard for them to replicate. Like if they go seven, if they win seven on the bounce, they'll have formed that will be, will be putting them into the top five. Don't mind it anywhere else. I just don't see that happening. If you talk about 40 points, typically stays, keeps you up. I still think they'll need, whoever's going to stay up is going to need 40 points. So Everton need to get eight points from where they are. Um, and someone else is going to need to get six. So Leeds or, or Burnley need to get six. And I don't see how, I don't see Burnley winning two of the last four. As I said, I just think they've had their run. You know the way you, you always see well, teams get these bounce, runs? Yeah. Yeah, um, and what's going to happen is it's it's the reaction after their first loss. So the first lo- loss that Burnley have now, or first drop points where they don't win a game, and say say Everton or, or Leeds pick up points, right? That puts them in front of them. That's when the question mark comes on, and that's where I think they fall down. I, I don't, it's not that like I don't care who goes. To be honest with you, I'm looking at Leeds are bollocks. Like they Arsenal, then Chelsea, then Chelsea are fucked up. Yeah, and yeah, but Chel- but Chel- three Chelsea, three of last Chel- three of Chelsea's last games over the last four hours at home, whatever way it's fallen now. Um, well, have you seen Chelsea's recent home record in terms yeah, of the season? That's the thing. Like, they're they're going to be playing a Chelsea side who probably going to need results now. Hmm? I don't know because you see, Spurs play Spurs play Arsenal, and that hmm. means that's one less game for them to try catch Chelsea. But I think Arsenal are only three points off Chelsea now. Spurs yes. are five off them. If Chelsea were to lose another game, and let's say Spurs were to beat Arsenal. Then you'd be looking at Spurs on Three. 64, Chelsea on 66, Arsenal on 63. It could get and really in the last day of the season, they're, they're all playing to stay in the top four. Yeah. yeah. Which is mad. Like, so. But you think about Shawnee last year, Chelsea were home and hosed in third place and ended up finishing yeah. fourth. And they lost on the last day and they only ended up being fourth because Leicester shit the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So. Yeah. It's a bit mad. Like it, it's mental. Like the parallels between last season and this season now, when they in how tight top four is at the going, far the top two, of the front two being miles out ahead, and then the scrap at the bottom. Like there's a few teams on the beach there in the middle who who could have a massive say in mm. where the league ends up and who goes down. So. It's going to be mad. There's only a yeah. month left in the season, and I'm looking there. I think, I think, I think Leeds could be fucked. To be honest with you, because I think the only they seem game to play. They, they seem to play the most teams with something to play for. Yeah, but like the Brighton and Le- Brighton and Brentford the last two, which but they need to basically win them two. Mm. Yeah, they would. There's, 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 yeah, need- I don't think they'll have any. Opportunity to slip no. up in those games. I mean, and the last game, the last games of the season, which I think it's likely to go down to Arsenal, Everton, Brentford, Leeds, Burnley, Newcastle. I mean, if 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 I'm in Burnley's shoes and I need to win to stay up, I, I'd be fairly confident. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. it's a, it's a mad one. But Phil, you you you're sticking with Burnley before we move on. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's 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 about the the laws of averages when it comes down to. Um, I'd love to see everything go. Out of the trade, I would just love to see everything go. Yeah, I think we all would. Terrible club. And um, 
terrible bunch of fans. So it'd be good to see the back of them. Burnley was playing loads football. Of, loads of copy behaviour from them from the weekend, though. It was, it was great. To see. Oh, great shout, Gav. Absolutely great shout because they Welcome found in, in a copy now, haven't they? Yeah, like like literally, um, when Liverpool fans let off fireworks outside Barcelona's hotel a couple of years back, they were like, um, "Oh, call the busies, right?" And then when Liverpool start welcoming buses to Anfield, they were like, "Why don't you just go to the pub like a normal fan?" And um, and then they, then then they're giving out that um, the atmosphere at Anfield is manufactured. And in one weekend, they've let off um, fireworks outside the hotel. They've welcomed the bus with some flares, and they've put thousands of plastic flags inside Goodison Park before the game against Chelsea. So, um, well, the plastic flags is, is the plastic <laughs> flags is seals them down to the ground. Cowboy behavior. Every team, every team that's really shit has plastic flags. Think of Chelsea, City, Everton now go on the list. Uh, Spores have them as well. Newcastle um, did it the weekend. Newcastle did it as well. So if if you if you adopt the plastic flag moniker, you, you deserve what you get. You should uh, how clubs should be born to the ground. That's how I that's how I feel about. It. Okay. Um Shani, winner or loser, pick. You can do whatever you like. Um I'll go a winner because it's like a lovely little segue away from everything. My winner is the most underrated manager of our generation, and it's Carlo Ancelotti wins. Uh, league title in Spain again. He's the first manager to win all five major leagues in in history. So he's won. He's done Spain, Italy, uh, France, England, and Germany. And Germany. He, he does Germany, doesn't he? He manages Bayern Munich. Munich. Yeah. So um, and he walked away from that show. And he just walked away from everything, saying, "He <laughs> two, two years lockdown and and getting everything going. Right, I'm fucking out of here at the first opportunity." And he just walks into Madrid and they're uh, <laughs> playing Wednesday in the Champions League semi final, and they win it. They're, they're on for a treble because he he won the cup as well in Spain. So uh, I think he's a brilliant manager. I think he's overlooked when the conversation comes around of Mourinho and Pep and all them. I think. Um, it's not like he's a steady Eddie. And then just a picture of him going around with the boys and the cigar. Mm. I think he's very understated. I think he's a top man. And uh, I think he deserves uh, his flowers, Carlo Ancelotti. I think he's a, a top, top manager. And it, it was no surprise to see on that list that we had of who was going to replace Rodgers that right behind Klopp, Carlo Ancelotti was on the list as well. So, um, we go for him. Yeah. It'll boil a little bit of piss. Uh, on Wade's side as well because he completely left them in the lunch. Yeah, Antio says, uh, yes, yeah, Sean, he loved that proper vintage manager and he all, his almost 100% record against Pep. He's a brilliant manager and even how difficult he made it, uh, how difficult he made it for us to beat that Napoli side. Yeah. Um, he was a real pain in the ass. I think he's a, I think he's an excellent manager and I don't know how he ended up at everything to be honest with you. Um, but he, he's doing some job and to be honest with you, He'll go up even further in me in me estimations again if he does a job on them on Wednesday night. So, uh, fair play to Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, he did. He left. He left Everton, and then um, when he left, Everton fans told you he was overhyped. Anyway, as somebody just said in the chat, um, yeah. Chris said the Blues said he was shy and overhyped, but he uh, he's a very likable man, Carlo Ancelotti, and I think I I always liked him, um, even when you know. We, we beat we beat his AC Milan side in two thousand and five, but the way he was treated at Chelsea was appalling. 
Um, I think that's one of the best. Cover, Chelsea- yeah, I think it's one of the best Chelsea sides you've seen. I, I I would rank it above their 04, 05 side or 05, 06 side. I thought it was an outstanding football team. I had a lot of respect for him when he went and done the Napoli job because it's Carlo Ancelotti. You could probably wait six months and go anywhere. Um, but he's a very, very likable fella. And he is like, the two lads feel like Carlo Ancelotti. I think he's, I think Sean is right. I think he goes down as probably one of the best managers of all time. Carlo Ancelotti is the best manager for once you have all the, the, the dominoes in place. That's the way I've always seen Ancelotti. Um, did a brilliant job at AC Milan. Incredible job at Juventus. Does an incredible job no matter where he goes once once the pieces are in place. I did the only question that, that I had over him was, was the Everton job. Like, uh, and to be fair, it was probably him saying, well, I'm going to try to do something that I've never done before, which is go to a, a, a mid-table average club and try to do something with them. Probably promised yeah. an awful lot as well, in fairness. Well, like they've spent more money than than everyone bar City and United. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest about this. Everything have put like nearly 600, 700 million 600 into the million, team since since twenty sixteen. So like that, like he spent an awful lot of money. But I, I can understand, and I actually respect him for it. It's something that I'd love to see Guardiola do. It's it's my biggest criticism of Guardiola is that he hasn't gone and tried to build something. Whereas our boss has done it twice now. Almost he failed at Mainz, which would have been, but it failed in in a way that he got them promoted. Just didn't manage to take them out to the next level with them. Um, so, you know, for me, I'm I'm, I'm for uh, with Ancelotti, um, incredible manager. If if Klopp was to go tomorrow, put it this way: if Klopp was to go tomorrow, and you're trying to figure out who who's who's the, who can we get in that will continue the success on, right? Continue this team on. Ancelotti would be definitely would there as one of the names because you just know that with a good squad there. And with the right players in place, he has a way of managing a team that isn't all about, here's my system and you have to fit my system. You have to do what you have to do. He seems to just go in a bit like, um, what's your man, the, the Pat Riley. He, was, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't born into a system. He basically just saw, looked at the players and found out the best way to get to, to maximise the potential that's out of the players. So if you get him as a manager and put him in an incredibly talented squad, he'll build a system and a method and a tactical approach to a game that maximises everything he has in, in that squad. And that's why he's done so well at Real Madrid. And going to what Phil said there, Florentino Perez said during the week about that whenever he's in a pickle about management, he literally, the first thing he always does is call Ancelotti to say, look, can you come back here and sort it out? Because he literally, he delivered the biggest the biggest pressure trophy in the history of football, I reckon. The decimate, the, that, that Champions League at Madrid that he couldn't get over the line for so long. He breaks the back and he comes in and he wins it. And it's not like it's it's not like he's a break glass manager, but that's exactly what Phil said. Perez said, Madrid knew they weren't going to spend mad money and he knew if he could get a manager to come in and work with the players that were there and not kick up a fuss calling out for all of these players to come in, that he would be the perfect one to do it. And he's proven so because they've been they've been really good in, the, in La Liga um, this season. And it showed in, in Europe. I know they have their frailties at the back, but like he's that, that good that I wouldn't be surprised if they did a job on City on Wednesday. So... Yeah, that's why he's my winner of the week because he is a winner. That's exactly what Carlo Ancelotti is and he has been in the majority of the clubs where he's gone where there was a little bit of structure. And the fact that everything are where they are now since he's left would probably say it was more about what was fucking going on in the club than, than Carlo Ancelotti. He is, a, he is a winner, Gav, but he does win trophies on like David Moyes because we all know that David, oh, Moyes, David is, Moyes is, David is a Moyes winner. Thing down in, um, you is, don't have to win trophies. <laughs> you don't have to win trophies to be a winner and he is a winner. Um, 
the best day of Moyes thing I've ever, ever seen. It's in, um, it's a mural in that boozer, isn't it? Uh, Cavern. What, what's the, what's the pub? In the brick, is it? No, it's not in the brick. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but anyway, Dicko, Carlo Ancelotti, have your word on him and then we'll move on. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, I mean, just on Everton, I mean, he you just can't, job as you can't get away from everything. <laughs> but um, as far as, um, obviously, yeah, he, look, he's won the league. I mean, arguably, the league is, you know, you've, Barcelona are, are sort of having a having a bad time of it. Um, Atletico, not quite at the peak of the powers. You know, you know, you could. I suppose you could argue the competition hasn't been fantastic. And if you want, and if you want to be ultra critical as well, I mean, I actually think they've rode the league amazingly in in uh, rode the luck amazingly in the Champions League. I mean, you know, they could have been gone against PSG. Um, you know, I thought Chelsea had them dead and buried, but fair play. You know, between between. I suppose the manager has to take a bit of credit and Benzema's bailed them out big time. I still don't see them getting past Man City tomorrow night. I agree. Um, and um, let's let's not forget, they're only a few weeks uh, down the road from being absolutely spanked by Barcelona. Watched that game and they were absolutely embarrassed. So you just never know. I mean, yeah, as I say, fair play. He's won the league. You just know, never know what's around the corner with Real Madrid, do you? You know, we could be talking at Christmas and he could be out. A, a different story, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've admired him. Um, you know, it could be um, no doubt if he if he lost his uh, job at Real Madrid, he, he did still be plenty of clubs who were clambering to get him in and and, and do a job for them. He, he's certainly a long way from being finished, that's for sure. Mm. Definitely, I, th- I think he's he's had a brilliant, brilliant career, and it's not over yet. We'll see on Wednesday night. It's it, you know what? It's one of those where I'm going to watch on Wednesday night and go, whatever happens, happens. Um, once Liverpool get through, I'm I'm fully prepared to face either them in the final and beat them. So, um, but I'd love Ancelotti to do Pep and Pep's head will explode <laughs> in the burn about at about. Do you know what? At about eleven o'clock on on Wednesday night, when they've gone through penalties and all sorts of stuff, rock, paper, scissors, everything, uh, marbles, whatever they can play, uh, just so so Angela can get over the line and Pep absolutely goes mental. Phil, winner or loser? You can choose. I'm going to go with winner, which is to to lead on from your Pep thing. Manchester City for me, Manchester City were the biggest winners at the weekend. We're running out of games for them to drop points in at this stage. Um, It's a bastard of a win that they put up as well because they get loads of goals and narrow the goal difference on us. Um, and you look at the, the the last four games we have to go between the two of us and you start thinking to yourself, where are they going to drop points? Straight up. Because, you know, it doesn't matter how many games you've won behind you at this stage. When you've only got four games in front of you, you you're just they're just dominoes. You're just knocking them down one by one. And you just look at it. The teams are already going back to Shawnee's point. The teams they're, they're going to face, they may as well be playing a granny soil from Benidorm at this rate because like there's they aren't even putting out teams. They aren't even interested in playing against the, playing against them. It was an embarrassment what happened at the weekend. But we just hope the the I just hope something mad happens because it's 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 very disappointing. After having the hoy of, of Klopp's announcement last Wednesday. Towards after them. getting getting towards the what well, looks like it was last week. Um all the days were all into one. But like the the then you get to Saturday, you manage to scrape through that Newcastle game. Just about get no. When I say just about, we didn't like we dominated them and they were, they were shite. Like, do you know what I mean? We just didn't score goals. Um, but 
then you just you're hoping you're hoping for something it doesn't happen and then you're just there going fuck's sake it's only four left they, need, they have to drop something somewhere it's just the fact that it's not, I wish our, the last game of the season was us against them and I don't mean the Champions League I'm just talking about the league right because at least they could come down to one game yeah It'd be fucking yeah. deadly. Um, there is game. Bring in the right Super Bowl now. of football. That's what I say. Bring in the Super Bowl. You just get them all in, in like um, top four into a, into a playoff. There is games running out, but I won't. Um, no, I'm not giving up hope. That I know you're not giving up. And Gav, look, and you know, what, you know what? I, but I will say to you, when you see, say, City going back 10 years ago and United or United Arsenal or Chelsea, whoever, was in races going back probably before 2018, um, even if you look at it, us in 2013-14, with 4 or 5 to go, you'd nearly know something was going to happen. Yeah, something yeah. will happen. You know, like, see your eight points behind United with six games to go in 2012, <laughs> and, yeah. and beat them to the title. You know, um, we have that Gerrard thing in 13-14. You, you see different things. Arsenal and United were the same. Arsenal, remember, had loads of games in hand, but you were eight points behind, three games in hand. You win them, go ahead, win our old Trafford in 98, I think it was. You see all that. I do take your point though, because with these two, it's like, no, this is just relentless. This is fucking. The, if if you want to find me two teams where there's next to no chance of something fucking mad happening, it's these two, and they've shown it over the last three or four years. But at the same time, um, I actually think what happens on Wednesday night with Man City is huge. I think if they lose on Wednesday night, I think genuinely heads could roll everywhere, and um, Liverpool going into a final and letting City know they're in a final. I think. Anything could happen, but Shawnee City are big winners of the weekend. They closed that goal difference. I think it's it's only one goal in it now or something one like that between yeah, us, yeah. Shawnee. Um, but you just have to keep going to the end, Shawnee, don't you? That's just all you can do. Look, uh, that's the way it's been really since we clawed back this. This it was always just going to be a matter of keeping them honest and having to be perfect. And I go back to what Shane said last week, a couple of weeks ago. We could win 16 out of our last 17 and not win the league. And that's just the level that both of these teams are at. And it's not something that we should become accustomed to because I feel like this is uh, this is like the way Messi and Ronaldo normalised 50 and 60 goal seasons. This oh. this is madness. Like to get 96 points and 95 points and 97 points in two seasons and have zero league titles to show for it. It's it's bonkers, like it's unheard of, and I don't think it, there shouldn't be an art. Like the, what will annoy me more than anything is the show that you'll see online is that Liverpool bottled that and this game costs and that game costs. That's just not how it works. Over a twenty-eight game season, the best team always wins, and that's just that's the way it is. If they if they if if City get over the line and win the next four, all you can do is tip the hat to them. All we can do is look to take the rest of them, so you can turn around and say at the end. Look, we gave it a go. We lost the league by a point. We beat them. We beat them to a Carabao Cup. We won the FA Cup where we beat them in the semi-final, and then we went on to beat them in the Champions League. We're the better team, and we'll go again next year. And that's all you can really do because it's kind of out of your hands in that in that sense. And I was of the belief that they would slip somewhere, but the thing that's kind of killed it for me is just how shite some of the teams I expect them to come up against have been. Like Wolves mm. batted by Brighton at home the weekend. And um, West Ham are in limbo now where they could be a game away from Champions League football if they get to a, a Europa League final. Or they might need points to stay in the fucking in the conference league or Europa League spot. So it's hard to know. Um 
I get your point with mad stuff happening down the years, but mad stuff doesn't happen with these teams because they just beat everyone that's in front of them. So it's hard to say. All we can do now is keep them honest. I think nearly every week before the last day we play a front we play a play before them now. And literally all we can do is win and try to put pressure on them because the thing that I thought would struggle, City would struggle with was getting goals, but they seem to be getting them from set pieces and deflections and scrappy ones now. And yeah, man, Jesus is a striker all of a sudden. So it is it is disappointing. The fact that we're probably looking at a season where we win three trophies and go, ah, bollocks, if only City. It's mad. Just enjoy it. I think I seen the club flick the thing up today with the May fixtures. I remember when they flicked the one up from the April fixtures going, Jesus Christ, that's a mad run. Oh, <laughs> yeah. was sitting away. And we're here yeah. again. It's yeah. May now. And we're still on all the dance floors, as Neil Atkins had said. Yeah. We literally have an opportunity now to make history one way or another. And all we can do is win our games. And I genuinely believe that we will. I believe we win all our games. But I just think the kicker is I think them fuckers will as well. Yeah, a couple of things on um. You mentioned on bottling in the league. Emma says if you're 14 points behind in January and you finish within a point, you've bottled nothing. If you hit over yeah, 90 exactly. points, there's no bottling exactly. from anyone. Says Sam Tandy. Yeah. It's teams like Chelsea United who have bottled it and couldn't stay in a race after Christmas. Owen Books says lads, you've been predicting City falling apart for over a month now, and it doesn't look like happening. Um, it doesn't look like happening, but it's not no. say it, it won't. And they don't even have to fall apart. They just have to drop a point. They just have to make one bad decision in one game where they yeah, let something in. It's not about falling apart. It's just literally like that'll be the margin. It'll be like dropping a point. And I was watching the title race in Serie A last week and I seen the fucking mistake that the, the goalkeeper made. It just takes something like that. It just takes something like that. You know, yeah. and that it could be at either end. You know, like it could happen to us, it could happen to them. So, just strap in. It, it's it's absolutely mad. And the thing, and I and I genuinely believe it. I I said it after the Burnley game on a fan camp that whoever finishes above us will win the league. I think we'll win it next year, regardless. I genuinely do because nineteen twenty was pretty much the same, and it was just seemed like a bit of a rocket, and we never fucking stopped, and they couldn't keep pace. And I can see it going the same way again. That's that's just my my tokens. Well, look, yeah. we have to wait and see. Dicko, are you on the same page as Shani? Or are you still on board the quadruple bus? Now, league's gone, Gav, um, at this point. Um, four games to go. Who um, fucking has this prick on? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, no, in all seriousness, I, I think it's going to take something um, a bit freaky. You know, I, the one thing I'm holding out for is um, City getting a, a mad red card. I mean, they, they did they lose a game against, was it against Palace, when they get a man sent off early early on in the game? That like uh, we need we need we need something a little bit out the ordinary, um, and and I think something like a red card, you know, a crazy mistake or whatever. Um, like we, I know we sort of, and I'm guilty of this myself. We obsess about goal difference. That's probably the one thing it won't come down to now. I mean, it's it's it'll it it, it require it would require them to lose a game and us to draw a game to get it to the goal difference. We literally need them to have one draw. We need them to have um, But it, the opposition, it's the op- it's it's all down to the opposition to me. There's no one in them four games I feel like is going to, is going to um, 
do anything against Manchester City in, in all honesty. Um and look, if it is a point, it is a point. It's it's absolutely maddening that we 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 are gonna find ourselves by the looks of it in in a, in the same position as we did a few years ago. But the reality is we've won a league. So there's that that monkey was off the back, so it, it hurts less in that respect. And look, this has been an amazing season. Like we've still got an FA Cup to go for. Um, you know, I'm 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 bullish that we'll beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final, and a, and another Champions League final. You know, barring a catastrophe um, against Villarreal tomorrow, another Champions League final. And do you know what? It would just be. Look, if we can get to that, as much as I don't want to play Manchester City in the final, because uh, like I, uh, the last thing you'd want to do is the double whammy of losing the Champions League final. Losing the Champions League final and it being City would be absolutely horrible. But at the same time, if we go there and beat them in a Champions League final, I think it would more than make up for losing this league in my eyes if we beat them in, an, in a Champions League final. Well, there's four. There's four chances left. Um, four chances for Liverpool to put points at the board, and four chances, hopefully, for City to make some sort of slip somewhere. And all, like like as well said, all we can really do is, you know, look to win our games and hope against hope that something happens. But until it's on, if it goes down to the last day, so be it. Um, I, I'm ready for it. I'm absolutely. I don't even. Ready I don't even want to play in the FA Cup final. I just want to win one of the one of the other two trophies. Seriously, I'm I'm, I'm honest to God. Well, I, I want to win the FA Cup. I want to win them all. I, I do. What day now? What day now? It's not like you have to play a lot of what day, what, what day now, Phil. Just don't turn up that day. Just like everyone's waiting for them to come out. Just don't turn up. No, nah, or, we'll, no. We want. I want. I want all of them this season. Next that season, would it me. If we win the FA Cup, it would literally mean that Klopp has won everything he possibly could. Bar the second-rate competitions like the Europa League and the the, the FA Cup. Yeah, well, I want them all. And um, before we move on, we've we've I don't know many winners and losers we have left because I can't remember what the lads picked. I have to give a shout out to IP Vanish. Um, Veranda Cheers, turn off your computer for the next minute or so because you lose the plot every time I do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> IP Vanish is a VPN service that protects your online. It, it protects your password, your location, all that sort of stuff, all your data. If you would like to use a VPN service, do go and check out IP Vanish. Um, most VPNs are probably between 8 and 15 quid a month, to be honest. This one at the moment is 3 dollars and 20 cent if you use a special link from us okay it can be used on your phone your tablet your desktop um anywhere any any device while you're on the move at home whatever way you want to do it so check out ip vanish it's www.ipvanish.com forward slash day trippers and you will get that offer it's around you're saving about 70 percent on the yearly subscription um who do we start with who do we start with we started, started with me. Yeah, yeah, because your internet was shit. And and all the money we get from IP Van, if we might get to go with one of those little internet extenders and we'd be able to hear oh, them all the oh. time every week. Um Dicko, you started with I think did you start with a loser or a winner? I can't remember. What what have you got for us? Yeah, so I'm gonna go um to my winner, which is which is Jürgen Klopp. I mean uh, I know we're talking about, you know, potentially losing out on the league and, and whatnot, but like over the last week, I mean, just aside from the whole contract, which I think, you know, it, you know, if you want to school in, in PR and whatnot, you, you know, just look at that whole timeline, you know, Jürgen Klopp's contract. We're saving up for a new mic for Phil as well, by the way. 
<laughs> just gonna hold it here. Go full Elvis now because it's one of these funny shout jokes as well. You had a you had uh, a real you down. had a real mic set up there last week that you were going banging on. I haven't it. picked up I haven't picked up the mixer from the studio. So oh, I okay. the mixer right. from the studio. Well, I have that. Sorry, Dicko. We have mask and tape at the back right. of this mic. So, um, go on, Dicko. So yeah, so you know, in terms of the, the the whole kind of announcements around the contract, I mean, you know, I thought it was, you know, some of the videos that got put out and the way that, you know, Klopp handled himself and, and the message that came across loud and clear, you know, that he absolutely, you know, loves Liverpool and that he wants to be here for another four years. You know, it, it, it and, you know, that's, you know, that's the off-the-pitch stuff. The on-the-pitch stuff... I mean, these games at the moment, you know, in terms of the rotation, in terms of the the team selections, I mean, a lot of people obviously um, raised a lot of eyebrows at the team, especially when you see the likes Milner on the team sheet, uh, Gomez coming in for Trent, um, you know, a few question marks. Obviously, a lot less question marks these days than there was when he used to do that, say, two or three years ago. But he's he's been an absolute master over the course of these last few weeks where let's face it, we're basically going to play every single game in a season that we could have actually played. And, you know, the fact that the players come in, I mean, don't seem to miss a beat. I mean, like at the end of the day, the book stops with Klopp if anything goes wrong and you've got to absolutely praise him for everything that's <laughs> happening at the moment. You know, we're coming into the month of May, everything's still to go for um, and throw the, throw the additional two years in the mix just at the right time for me when it's going to almost get the highest impact um, both with the players and the fans. I just think it's been a brilliant week for Klopp. It has been and you could see the emotion after the game when they beat Newcastle. He's really, really, really happy with it but Sean, I'll come to you like Thursday was brilliant. we done a show Thursday night. It was, it was excellent talking about um Jurgen Klopp and what's gone before and what's to come and stuff like that. But how cool he is, like Sean, he's doing he's doing a pre-match uh, press conference and he makes a remark about Newcastle taking one of his analysts. And he doesn't get deep into it, he just goes on, oh, by the way, I think your name was Mark or something like that. And he goes, um, Mark, just to let you know, we play a completely different team to what you think we're going to play, you know, and laughs. And this is a guy that's, like, like we've said, has like... Every game is a cup final. Every game feels like a Champions League final. And he's just sitting in, in press conferences, sending out messages to former, former workmates saying, um, don't be worrying, we'll play something different. And then he puts that team out and they're brilliant at the weekend. Like Phil said, we just didn't get um, enough goals. It is a brilliant weekend from Shawnee, um, from the contract right down, right down to winning that game because that was one that you picked out as a tough one in the running. And... He he just mastered it because we battered Newcastle. The scoreline doesn't say it, but we battered it. Klopp, Klopp is the master at taking the pressure off his team and his players. That's what he does really well. You can even see when he sends young players out onto the pitch, he turned around to Tyler Martin before the Porto game saying, if anything goes wrong, it's my fault. And he always takes responsibility and therefore takes, takes the pressure off. And then he makes sure to heap the praise on James Milner after the game. He has on Saturday. So Klopp has got the boy in here off every single player in that squad. He's literally had them all in. And maybe people are saying Chamberlain is a bit of a bad egg and trying to strap. And he hasn't been seen since. Or he had a little wobbler against Nottingham Forest. But he's done that brilliantly. 
he he's managed this team and that was one of the probably criticisms you could have had a club is that his squad rotation hasn't been the best but he's literally been doing this since early December and it's paying dividends now like I still it looks like the tank is full we've pretty much uh, a full squad regarding um, injuries like it looks like Bobby is going to travel with the team he's said he doesn't know whether he's going to take part but you wouldn't know so yeah look Jorgen Klopp the fact he's staying the big thing for me was I was afraid that we were going to have the strong arm Klopp into signing another contract where it would have been sort of a an arm wrestle thing begging him to stay but it seemed to be quite the contrary he he seemed to be delighted to, to sign on there was talk that he didn't seem to want any extra financial incentive the main thing for him was that his family was happy and his, his missus was happy and it just seems like he wants this to continue because I don't know whether it's a fact of smell and blood. I, I think Klopp sees a chance now to create a real dynasty with the, with this team because we don't know what's going to happen with Pep. He's likely to self, self-destruct at any minute or, or hang on or sign on. But I think Klopp will fancy himself because the thing for me is the quality of the two teams out in front. Klopp's maybe looking at it going, how long is it going to take Chelsea to build a 90-point team with what's going on there? I don't know, because that's that's what it's going to take now. He's looking at United going, how long is it going to take them to build a 90-point team? I don't know. Okay, so are we going head-to-head with City for another couple of years? Do you know what? Sign me up. I love this group of players we have here. Does it does it a new youthful touch to the squad that we've seen now where it, it's... It's not even club two point was what we were all waiting for, but it just seems to have come and gone. It looks like he's he's into building sort of a tour team at this stage now because two point is this team that we're looking at now when he's already planning on adding to this in the future. It's just it's crazy what we have. The fact he's the la- longest saving manager now in the Premier League with Deutsch gone. Well, we're so so blessed to have him at the helm. He's the great equalizer, he's the great hope, he's the greatest manager in the world. At this at this given time, and I'm just so fucking glad he's ours because when you look at the shit shows that's going along with with other clubs, Chelsea for example, you know it's who knows what's going to happen with City. I think we're in a position now to to really go on and challenge on all fronts in the next couple of years, and long may it continue because I was genuinely dreading 2024 because the ghost of Steven Gerrard was hanging around and everything. <laughs> And, and others and there was a big thing about succession plan and this and that well that can has been firmly kicked down the road now and it looks like Klopp is gearing up to go again yeah I mean the other thing about it as well like you talk about there about um, Manchester City and, and, and Pep and whatnot I mean Klopp's proved that you know this team is is more than capable of going toe-to-toe with Man City you know, um, for the next few seasons, you know, and this Man City who've, who've got unlimited funds at their disposal, you know, Pep must be thinking, why, why, why aren't we winning this league by 10, 15 points every season? Because if it wasn't for Klopp and Liverpool keeping them at it, I'm honest, I mean, this thing would just be absolute snooze fest, the Premier, the Premier League. It'd be over by, by February every season. It really would. So, if I play to him, you know, for 
for for keep for keeping at this and, and making it you know an absolute kind of rivalry hopefully for the next few years because I actually don't mind if Pep sticks around in some respects the rumour is that you'll extend until 2025 Phil um, good weekend for Klopp last Thursday Wednesday whatever day you wanted it to be Um, and then the weekend and the run up to the game and his comments after the game and his comments leading into this game (laughs) he's just on a different level for me Phil he really is in everything he does yeah, I just wish the sport wasn't fucking so sports washed at this stage. Honest to God, like the, I, I know he's developed a team that that can go toe to toe with City. But if they weren't, if there wasn't so much bad money running through that club, you'd get to see a real um, estimation of what that would be. And you wouldn't have had to build a ninety plus team. That's the other side of it. You'd be building a team that gets you maybe eighty nine to ninety two points to win the league. Having to build teams that are, are that are capable of getting hundred points. That's what we're talking about here. Oh, to win yeah. the league in England at the moment, you have to build a team that's capable of getting 100 points. That's ridiculous. And typically that happens, that typically happens with one team in a league. Think of PSG, think of Bayern Munich, think of Juventus normally in, in Italy as it's been for the last 20 years. Um, and in Spain, you'd have Barcelona and Real Madrid who are capable of putting up 90 plus totals and then nobody else can. And we've created this. There's no team outside of Manchester City and ourselves have ever done this. Even when Arsenal United were going head to head, they were winning leagues on 82 and 84 points. You know what I mean? Like they were winning leagues and on Chelsea. Okay, so you have Mourinho's um, year. What's it? What's it? 98 points he puts up in terms is his best year that was there. But nobody's within the Nars's roar of Chelsea when they were doing that type of stuff. So it comes back to what we've done to be there. Thereabouts at City, it should be as I said to you, it should be relished. And I hate to bring up the Moyes, Moyes um, the thing again, but like if we don't win the league this year, to, to do what we've done to be this close to them at, at this this point of the season is ridiculous. Given how far behind we were, right? We've no right, we've no right to have caught them and, to, and brought it down to what we're talking about, which is another head-to-head shootout that's going to end up with a 95, 94 point probably. Like what's what's the likelihood? We're on eighty, what eighty-two at the moment, is it? Eight, yeah, Eight, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's, there's what there's twelve points left. We're on yeah, eighty-two. We can get to, yeah, we, we can get to ninety-four. Ninety-four right? as well. Worst, worst outcome yeah. of this is that we end up at ninety points. Right, that's that's what I reckon is our worst possible outcome that we end up at ninety points with the last four games. Um, and then I look at I look at at City. They probably end up somewhere in ninety-four or ninety-five. So this this to me is 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 mind-bogglingly head reckoning. Sorry, they end up at ninety-three or ninety-five because if they draw one game, that's where they end up. Right, so we'll either win the league by a point. Or lose the league by a point. Do you know what I mean? That, that it's just it's so f- it's so infuriating yet so brilliant. It's so infuriating yet so brilliant all at the same time. It is. It, it, Klopp himself echoed what I was saying on Thursday, Gavin, in the press conference on Friday, that it's about the journey as much as it's about the success. It's about mm-hmm. the royal. It's about it's about the being able to enjoy, being able to turn on the match and, and relish being involved in this. Like right, we sat through decades of garbage, right? dreaming of a t- chance when we'd be within a chance of winning yeah. the league with three games to go. That, in my head, my benchmark was always being, if we go into the last two games of the season with a chance of winning the league, then I'm happy because that means that we are there, thereabouts, and eventually we get over the line. And while we might win 5, 10, 15 trophies because you've got Manchester City there, with this continuity and consistency that's there, we, we will win another league title. That's guaranteed. We will win another league title within the next three years. Right, so that's that's what's going to happen, 
And the Champions League, like I'm, I'm a firm believer, we somehow always end up in a Champions League final every 10 years. We've ended up in two with Klopp so far. If we get into this one, we're into the 2020s. There's our Champions League final for the 2020s. Now, and, and I still expect us to be there, thereabouts again throughout the decade. But look at it. We've done one in, in the noughties. We've done one in the teens. We've done two in the teens. And we've done, we're, we're heading into one in the 20s. And that was only, there was one decade since the 1970s that we haven't been in a Champions League final, which was our European Cup final, which was the 1990s. Mm. So, like, this is, this as bad as times have been, how good times have been again at this moment of time is to be relished and, you know, it's to be enjoyed. And as much as people are saying, oh, I've got a bad feeling about spores and I've got a bad feeling about this, everyone has it. It's just nerves. That's all that is. That's anxiety and nerves because we just don't want, we don't want to see the run come to the end. We don't want to see the challenge come to the end. We don't want to see that, that enjoyment of being there in the race with it. And that's all down to Jurgen Klopp. I, I, I said, uh, I, I went on a, loads of rounds about him on Thursday because I was really happy about it. But like, it goes back to my point. The journey and the ride to me is as important as the trophies because 100%. it's taken taken us so long to get there and it's it's because of him it's because of him that us as a fan base can enjoy it and, and these gobshites that are out there who are going on and banging on that FSG out or this is this and we're not going to win and on and on like bin bin bring them to the recycling centre stick them in there because they can go off and support the Norwich United or whoever they want to go and support like this let's just leave them out there because this is to be relished and it's to be enjoyed and, and long may it continue I see Lowe's banging on about Haaland in the chat as well the fella's busted busted <laughs> 22 years of age and he's falling apart I'd actually be delighted if I see Ida blow a chunk on him that's yeah. the gun on his there's a lot of injury issues there with him and, and I'm not just saying that I'm, I mean it yeah man Schick has more goals than him in the bleed Bundesliga this year who couldn't get cows out for a banjo Haaland pushing himself through injury coming to England's not going to do him any good the way it is City want to blow all the cash is he going to push City over 100 points there's not going to be much of a difference there's still going to be a 96 97 point team that's the way it's going to be it's going to probably come down to the games against them again Yeah. Now, obviously he's a good player but going on like it's the be all and end all I think I think I think it's silly there's no answer to this question they will need us to collapse with injuries again similar to the way we did last year. Because we were running away with the league last year before all the injuries again. Yeah. So, <laughs> everyone going on about it, yeah. I will, yeah. it won't keep me up. I genuine, genuinely won't. No, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd look more to what I look, think what it's what a bit, I think honest. it's a big scandal of a sign, to be honest with you. I think everyone is getting scammed over with it, with the fucking, the money and all going around. Obviously, what's happened with me and Royola and all, it's, however you feel about it, it's not good to see, but, Someone's going to end up paying too much money for this fella. You heard the Dortmund president coming out last week saying, we're telling this fella to go and get MRI scans and his elf is saying, no, just give him injections and let him play on. It's not good for him. It's not good for you. Well, player. he's not going to end up at Liverpool because Klopp has already said he wouldn't go near that with that sort of money. I'd be more interested in what Liverpool are going to do. Um, they've been. I'm not, I don't care about signings. I think this team goes again. I know, I think it will go again, but I think that Liverpool will definitely yeah, have two in the summer and... and You'd be you'd be quite happy with it. Um, I'm going to sign Timo Werner and sell Niguez of Chelsea. I watched Werner yesterday for Chelsea. My Jays, he's not even a footballer. Um, (laughs) He just needs a a pre-season with Klopp. No, he he actually just does need someone to to take him literally by the hand and walk through what football is again. Do do you know where he would succeed immensely? 
right? If Dortmund signed him to replace Haaland, I'm telling you now, right? The fellow will be top, banging the goals in and back rootless in the Champions League because his confidence will come back. Chelsea is a basket case for centre forward. Very need, few centre forwards. He needs to go somewhere where he's a team is. that loves playing. Gav, Chelsea's a basket case for centre forward. Look what's happened to. Um, Werner, look what happened to Lukaku. Um, was the same going back there. Lukaku. Look at all the players, all the centre forwards have gone there, and it's just been a graveyard. Mm. Even when Shevchenko went there, he couldn't hit the arse off a of Bandor. Like Torres, as bad as his knees were, he actually forgot how to score goals as well. Like, he couldn't finish in front of the goal. He was terrible for Chelsea. But it's it's just like it's Chelsea cannot sign these strikers and then they forget how to score goals. The best thing that ever happened to Chelsea was the fact that they were so bad that they put Havertz into what was the Gerrard role under Rafa where he just plays off whatever frontman is there and can just drift into the box and score loads of goals because he's a little finisher. But they never have a conventional striker because all the conventional strikers fall to absolute bits when they sign for Chelsea. Morata, Lukaku. Yeah, there's loads of them. There's loads of them. Um, Shawnee, so, uh, what have you got left? Loser of the week? Have you got loser of the week left, Shawnee? Yeah. I think we have two oh, losers I, left. Go on. I, I changed my loser about 10 minutes before the show because... Yeah. <laughs> originally, originally, I'll just I'll touch on the first one. The original one was Norwich because I genuinely think the narrative around them, they get away with fucking murder. Yeah. I think it's a joke. I said this. Go up, come down, go up, come down. The sooner the parachute payments are gone, the better for them because it's just a fucking joke the way people just ex- accept them coming up and going down. When you look at teams who come up, at least Fulham will come up now this year and they'll spend a lot of money. It might be a shy, but they'll have a fucking go at staying in the Premier League. Norwich don't even bother their arse. Yeah. That, that, and, and I'll transition from Norwich because there was fellas going around with green and gold flares at Old Trafford earlier. <laughs> and some bloke was holding up a sign saying walk out on 73 minutes and it was two minutes into at a time and he was still standing there holding the sign and I was literally like a load of them just went to go for burgers and for a piss and people expecting the Glazers to be watching this I'd be surprised if they even knew there was a game on tonight That's they're, the doing, they're doing more damage than good to, them, to yeah, their own it, team it's, it, it's actually laughable that the stadium was full at full time for the players doing their lap on it and it was Nobody left. And it's all this green and gold till United it's sold. I done a thing earlier where I just typed in on Google, right? And left the auto search on Glazers out two zero and I went two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, two thousand and eleven, two thousand and twelve. <laughs> I think thirteen they skipped it because they win the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every year now since Fergie left. Uh-huh. Like are an absolute shower of shite. Gav, and you know that a lot that we mm. speak on Xbox. I was watching the game there and I was chatting to him while I was watching it and he was going fucking glazed and I was like right what more do you want them to do right because they spend the boatload of cash but they take money out of the club yeah but it's not to the detriment of their ability to spend they spend way over the odds every year they bought Sancho for 70, 80 odd million Varane look at some of the shit they had on the pitch Wambasaka on the bench Harry Maguire is not even the cousin of a footballer and he's still the whole, the fucking, the most expensive centre-half round of the year. And these fellas are going around going, well, the, the, I, the, I just want the glazes out because I literally don't know what else I have to moan about and Gary never said that on this podcast. So yeah. you grow up, yeah. he's fucking gang accepts. The stadium is falling down. The training ground's a load of bollocks. You're just finding things to fucking whinge about. They'll be all happy in their nappies again when August is coming around and they're at the making seven or eight of these 
big fucking signings and Eric Ten Hag comes in and they beat Norwich 5 0 on the opening day of the season. And then it gets yeah, well, you'd have to be in the championship deal that shot. But I know your sentiments. Uh, they beat fucking Norwich's replacement. Well, Norwich are back. Full they just, the FA just said that the Premier League said to Norwich, do you know what? We won't even bother. We'll just keep you up. And they're just going to be rooted to the bottom of the table for eternity. And they're going to play United the opening weekend of every season. So they can beat you 5 0. And they can all be saying, we're going to win the league in 2020. It, it they've surpassed what Liverpool were in the nineties now at this stage because it's literally perpetual motion, this circle of life that they have going on where it's negativity, it's positivity, it's negativity again, it's glazers out, it's new signings, it's positivity. I know it's they're, they're in, no, the the glazers are now an insurance policy for them. That's what they are. It's literally fucking Groundhog Day. Bill Murray is the next manager, and he's just going to stand there on the sideline. <laughs> but and he's, every time Sky go to him, he's just going to go, well, it's Groundhog Day, and Ronaldo's going to be 50 there, still scoring 20 goals a season, and there'll be 40-year-old men doing the celebration in the stadium and in the pubs and in the streets, and United Glazers out. Have you ever seen such a load of bollocks, green and gold? You haven't got a clue. You and they're all standing there in their United jerseys. Um, I take offence to Stephen Mack says... I take offence to that 40-year-old shout, right? Uh, oh, look. I, We're I, out I, celebrating the street, Sean. There's not much you can deal yeah, with. Yeah, so do I now, actually. Now, actually, now that I think of it, it's so fucking same, like, Talking in broken Portuguese. <laughs> same fucking... Like, honestly... I was at the dart. I, lads, I, I swear to my life, I was at the dart last <laughs> week. And you know how I knew? My live score wasn't working, right? Uh, my live score wasn't working because I had no internet access. But you know how I knew Ronaldo's card? Somebody stole up and did a, did one of those There was a lot of 30 and 40-year-olds in the stands in the tree arena going, see, I goes, either they're all having spasmo attacks or you know that one they look or Ronaldo has got us. <laughs> Can I say right? If I was if I was the Glazers now, right? I I I look I, I look everything to make a book. You have to make a book out of this, right? If I was the Glazers, I'd be on to Adidas and say, lads, next season there's only one thing. I want a green and yellow away strip. I don't want any other choice. I want the green and yellow away strip, yeah. right? So that at least we can go and you can do you can give us the money. So when they want the protest, they can put their away kit on. And then Charlie's down, frozen there, by the way, and he looks Charlie's amazing. He's, he's frozen. <laughs> but honestly, right? <laughs> green, and, green and yellow kit by Adidas, for, and the Glazers pocket all the money for the green and yellow. And actually, I, I do a deal with Adidas that the money goes directly to the Glazers from the green and yellow kit. Right? That's that's what I'd be saying. If I was now whatever his name is, the Glazer who looks like old Daddy Glazer, I would be. That's what, I'd be straight on to Adidas saying, "Here's the deal." All I want is a green and gold kit away strip with the money coming direct to us, and we won't take any more money out. We won't take any dividends next year. We'll just we'll just do a, a profit share on the kit. Happy days. Job job is done, Gav. Job is done, and um, they can. Buy, who do you reckon they'll buy next year? Who do you reckon? Who who's who's their big one? Listen, come here, I, 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 and uh, for a for a million for a, a hundred and twenty million, and then it's gonna be. So I'm just calling, I'm interjecting here. It's gonna be a procession of. Who do we have the boy to unlock Declan Royce? Like he's a fucking downloadable <laughs> content character in a Call of Duty game or something for the next two or three years because 
that's exactly what they do. And as long as Darren Fletcher is there calling the shots, looking like he's important on the bench, I will happily sit there and break me bollocks laughing at them. Gav, I'm going on mute for the rest of the pod. Okay. Well, uh, before you do, Stephen Max says, um, happy in your nappy, in their nappies. Going to add that to the one, to my book of Shawnee. Antio Chill says they had a protest last week and they came late. Neville saw them come in and thought they were late because of traffic. I nearly fell off my chair. So there you go. That's how in touch Gary Neville is. I keep saying it. If Manchester United fans are listening to Gary Neville about how that club should be run after he asked the Glazers to spend up to three billion on improving everything around the team and the facilities only to walk away after it. And don't it, forget Rio Ferdinand's list of things to do. Ah, uh, Rio Ferdinand's point six players, point make six players that are developed players, players. Uh, win trophies, win trophies. No, it was, um, it was, uh, have, have the right outlook, sign players, uh, give play you football. the chance, play football, and wear the same colour jerseys or something like that, he said. But listen, come here. It's it, there. There's no, there's no, there's no mystery in what, what the Glazers done at Manchester United. None whatsoever. There's no mystery that they take money out. They take a dividends every year, right? Because they're the main shareholder and they take their dividends out. Okay. There's no mystery around that. But right now, the Glazers are an insurance policy for Manchester United fans. And what I mean by that is, when it's all good, they're great and they're back. I've already seen lovely fancy designs of Eric Ten Hag standing there, you know, with like this fucking deadly skyline behind them and there's a possible 11 next season and out of that possible 11, seven of them aren't even at the club, but that's how it works now and they'll all be there come the start of next season and it'll all be great. And then when they win at the opening day of the season, like Shani says, it'd be like, we're back. This Manchester United's official Twitter page after they beat Leeds on the opening day of the season said, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, and then showed United top of the league. Half the fucking clubs in the league hadn't played a game. All right? So that's the level you're at. And when it goes bad, they go, the Glazers are the problem. Right? The Glazers aren't the problem. I'll tell you what the problem is. The Glazers let these people run the club. Who do you put in charge? Yeah, it's probably their problem. But when you have outside interference like that, having such a hold on a support base, who then take that hold and walk into grounds and make an absolute abomination of fucking a protest. That's where the issue is. And nobody's pulling in the right direction. And you listen to all the wrong fucking people. And listen, there was a fella on TalkSport the other week um, saying um, he was a he was a United representative for some supporters club. And Simon Jordan took him a fucking sunder. And he didn't even try hard. I think Simon Jordan just asked him, you know, what score was United last night? And your man didn't know what the fuck was going on. They are an absolute shit show. And they just need to just come out and say, do you know what? Gary Neville, going to make you the manager. Mm. Paul Scholes, your director of football. Rio Ferdinand, <laughs> Your head coach. There you go. Your director of fucking Egypt. Yeah. Put them all in. Use all our answers, lads. Use are in the media every week. Backing your mate Ole. Have a go there. Yeah. That's what that, that that'll be, isn't it? If Ten Hag doesn't work, they are fucked. Tor reckons that Declan Rice and Harry Kane are nailed on for United, but remember they will not collapse like Liverpool. I was actually thinking the other day. I think Liverpool might have a sniff for Harry Kane. So there you go, uh, Dicko. Yeah. Um, ah. Manchester Unless United. Let's go Ricky Lambert, Mark Taylor. Uh, green green and gold, green and gold till United is sold. All the all the taglines. Um, oh, for a joke, aren't he? Yeah, it's. I oh, don't freeze on me now, Dicko. 
it's, I mean, it's actually, you kind of forget because Liverpool, you forget. So, yeah. Oh, we're back. Yep. Um, yeah, you no, you forget because you, you, you kind of fixated on, on Liverpool's success over the last few seasons. So you kind of forget. I mean, it's it, it, they're going into the tenth season. Well, it'd be ten seasons, won't it, since they won the league? And that 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 time has gone amazingly quickly. You forget really sort of how long it's been since since you know it, it because it's scarred. The film sort of alluded to it. Like we all remember how bad it was. Not just because we were struggling to try and restore our greatness from from a bygone era, but also because they were just absolutely dominant domestically although thankfully they didn't impose that dominance in Europe and 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 add you know multiple European cups um but th- right now they are like the the graphic went up before the game tonight like you know they finished so far adrift and even the seasons where they finished second like they've never looked like winning the league they've never looked like real challenges they've been in seasons where you know uh, the league's been won handily and they've just kind of fallen into second really like they've they've got nowhere near a 90 point season in them nowhere close um and 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 I honestly would really like welcome them getting a nice easy you know, three or four games to start next season. And for all of these kind of narratives about them being back and all of this, you know, a, a couple of promoted sides, a couple of, you know, sort of mid-table sides, blow them out the water, maybe Ronaldo get a few goals and them all absolutely lose control of themselves, be top of the league after four games and just watch it all disintegrate again because they'd be nothing, they'd be nothing more enjoyable, you know, um, so look, um, I, I don't think this is changing anytime soon. Obviously, they're pinning their hopes on the new manager. Maybe they, maybe they will. You know, look, they've finished sixth. They've done the happy clappy. You know, the 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 cup of honor, which you know we we've done time and time again. Is that the last home game of the season? Yeah, yeah, that was it. That's just how the fixtures went. They were due to play Chelsea, but that got rearranged. Oh. Um, so they've three sure away why. games to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've only got two games left. Oh, two, two, okay. two games left. So two away games, and you know um, that that you know that's a season that completely fizzled out for them. Absolutely no chance. Top four Europa League football um, locked in for next season, um, and I hope they get to the final again and lose. I mean, that was another glorious part of this whole chapter. You know, getting to that European final, um, thinking they were back. You know, in the big time. Um, thinking that they only had to really turn up to to be Villarreal, and then losing it in a in a penalty shootout where where the keeper misses the penalty. I mean, there's so many glorious sort of parts to to, to this downfall for United. Um, and the one thing that puts a smile on my face in every United game, don't think it happened tonight. Maybe he wasn't there, but generally when they're having an absolute nightmare on the pitch. The camera goes on to Alex Fer- Sir Alex Ferguson, and it's it's it, it it puts a little smile on your face, knowing that he's there watching all of this, you know, the, the shit shows unfolding after we had to go through what we had to go through when they were so dominant. Yeah, it's like they're pinning it on Ten Hag, and and like as much as they give out about the Glazers, they're going to back him in the summer. There's no doubt about that. It's getting players out that might be the issue. But United are the type that will go, oh, we can't get rid of them five. Fuck it. Just leave them rotten there. A little bit like 
um, Phil Jones on about 100 and odd grand a week and just doesn't play. Um, but they are the type of club that will just sit and let those rot until they can get rid of them or run out of contract. And they'll back this fella with, I think, 150 million plus in the summer. And like you said, if it goes well for first four games, you're thinking great. But if it doesn't, straight away, you're going to have Neville and Ferdinand and all them piping up yet again. You're going to have the whole Glazer stuff. And the shit trickles down. Dicko, because if the owners are getting it, if they've any response whatsoever, it starts to trickle down and hit your manager, and it'll hit him very early. You know, he's 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 making a massive step, in my opinion, from Ajax to Manchester United, just in terms of the leagues he's gone from. And if it goes wrong early, it could be one where you're going, 10 games in here, and they, he, they literally could get rid of this fella. It could be I think they'll bad. give him a chance. I think, you know, they, they've, they've not given managers... You know, much oh, like too much of a chance. Although there was obviously a big, big sort of part of the fan base that 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 turned on him. But I think, I think they're almost would be so desperate now for this to actually work that I think they will they'll hold back unless it's an apps unless it's absolute carnage and they're in the bottom half of the table and they're kind of you know sort of almost you know sort of flirting with the relegation zone i think they will be patient you know i think they will be patient i think they'll the pressure mounting on ten hag because you had the likes of neville saying that they wanted potch there's rumors coming out saying that some of the players wanted <laughs> potch. It, um like there's already signs that the circus hasn't exactly rolled out of town because ten hag is taking the austria job will walk a part-time for United. No, Ralph um, Ragnick. Ragnick, Ragnick, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, it's like, it looked like, every time they look like they're getting their house in order, it's like there's a little shit show story on top of it to just make you go, look, they're still United, relax. And when you're seeing uh, Ragnick going, yeah, I'm going to manage Austria. I only have to do six hours a month or something walking for United. Mm. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like, international football is not a part-time job. No, no, people think it is. It's not. You don't just show up and train the team till we... He has other things. It's mad. I can't believe that they're allowing it to go on. It's still also scattergun. It's still also scattergun. They're going on about this Paul Mitchell fella, Willie Woundy. They still seem to be making it up as they go along. Hmm. Um, Phil, who's your loser of the week? BT Sport. Okay. Hmm. Um, where do I start after we beat Villarreal they were slating Villarreal's approach to Anfield and stuff like that this is about three days after they were fucking hyping up and glorifying everything for showing the tenacity to put men behind the ball and try to get a result out of Liverpool mainly because one fellow is called Frank Lampard and the other fellow is called Illinois Emery then on Saturday they we're at the Newcastle game and Jake Humphries is commending Newcastle for setting up a great for for the Saudi owners setting up a great uh, club and showing showing people how to run a football club. I'm like, they're going, is this fucking for real? Is this honestly for real? That these guys are caught like. And what annoys me about BT Sports coverage is because when it, when it originally came on air, they had James Richardson, your man Horn Castle, they had um, Honig Stein, oh, they yeah. had yeah, they 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 basically had all the guys off the was it the Guardians podcast the time or yeah. depending on which yeah in, in terms of it was there and it was phenomenal because it was really really enjoyable entertaining coverage with insight and knowledge and all this type of stuff and since your man Jay Humphrey has gotten um, uh, any level of celebrity over it's become absolute garbage he's a donkey head. Right, he's, he's 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 full on donkey brains when he's on the television. He shouldn't be allowed to talk to the camera. Um, they need to remove him, and then they're they're pundits. 
Like, why do they feel that they have to get X pros on? And this is a general comment to all of these things because when you look at the people who write about the game, they often can speak about the game better than the ex-pros can. The ex-pros tell you nothing. They've been media trained to give away nothing and to tell you nothing from the whole time they're in the game. It's all platitudes and niceties, and that continues into their analysis of the game. That's why when you see somebody like um, Sunus, for example, or even Carragher and Neville in terms, they are given something, right? And they're not prepared. They're prepared to say a bit. I'm not saying they're going to say everything, but they're prepared to say a bit that's there. But you look at these, they have... Um, yeah, man, Crouch on, and they had, I don't know, did Michael Owen on? Who basically Michael Owen was has, doing backflips by the time, the end of the, uh, end Michael of the game. Says, has, Michael Owen's analysis for every game is the exact same. Right? If you you could put Michael Owen, you could take Michael Owen from any match and just put him up after every game. They don't even have to have him there. They could just record him and just have him standing in front of a green space that looks like a pitch, and he says the exact same thing over and over again. You could just get his name. You know the way to use the, the, the names in FIFA? You can just, just yeah. put them saying the names in and saying the same thing over again. It's awful. It's fucking awful. And it's, it's like, it's it's a travesty that, that that BT Sport of any type of football. I don't know how they're still going. Well, they're, they're trying to, they're, the rumour is they're trying to sell their rights to the zone in Canada. But if the zone's coverage of uh, the Katie Taylor fight on Saturday night is anything to go by, I I dread to fucking see them. Is that the, the you know what? Yeah. I can't get my head around. Right? I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's on his side, but... Um, What's your man? Peter Drury, is it? Mm. Incredible. Like, unbelievable. Um, listen, I I get uh, me dodgy streams from a dodgy place on dodgyland.com. And he's always there. I think, is it him I'm thinking about? Who's the fella? Yeah, Peter Drury. Yeah, this yeah, Peter Drury. Drury. I mean, he's essentially on the, the, the Premier League kind of global. The, How the, come... The, Peter Drury and Jim Beglin should be given every gig for every game. They're unbelievable together. And I can't believe that neither Sky or BT haven't handed these fellas a blank check. Yeah, unbelievable. Honestly, like they're they're so much better than Tyler and anyone that they put beside Tyler. Right for a start, Drury seems to enjoy football. That's always a start. He loves football. Yeah, he loves it. No matter who he's playing. Whereas Martin Tyler is the Mark Lawrenson of commentators now at this stage. He sounds like he hates commentating. He sounds like he truly hates being part of football and involved in football, right? So outside of Drury and Beglin, and but Drury and Beglin isn't the BT thing. They do the international coverage for the Premier League. So they mm. they must be employed by the Premier League as opposed to BT yeah, not yeah. for the Premier League yeah. coverage. Um, yeah. And then they also do coverage. They do coverage for who's got it is a CBS. You have the Champions League in, uh, over here. Um, it's a uh, yeah. It's it's, one it's of just those. the Premier League field that you get yeah. in different yeah. countries. Drury is doing the commentary on it. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's wonderful, to, and it, but it's wonderful watching the games and listening to them because even if your team is doing shy, you can still see the guy is genuinely excited by good things that happen in a match, and he understands it's not just a case of trying to say something smart. I find that Tyler's always trying to say something smart, and I don't mean smart by intelligent. I mean smart as being a smart bollocks. Like, do you know what I mean in terms of? Snidey little comments that he makes about players and the best players that are in the league thinking that everyone thinks at home is doing the same thing whereas Drury Drury just gets football I enjoy Beglin as well I really like Beglin as a co-commentator he adds colour he's there to add colour right he's not there to exactly well that's what people think co-commentator means co like like co-commentator actually means colour commentator so that's someone to add in something on top Mm. of the analysis Mm. that's been given by the main fella where they throw in a one line but the amount of little like sound bites that Drury has for every game. You could be watching Leeds against Burnley and he throws something in about 
whoever the goal scorer is, because he's invested in it. Mm. He enjoys it. And you can tell that. Beglin is great because Beglin can be sometimes that kind of dry wit, but he's good at the same time where he kind of calls it as it is. But that, that, like Neville, like, never going, oh, every time a decision is to be made, oh, fucking, like, not a, not a sexist thing. Yeah, woman on BT, Jesus, Jesus Christ tonight. Go through your head like fucking Panadol. The bleeding wreck your head. And I'm going, this doesn't add to the game. It's not. It doesn't add to the spectacle at all. Like, and that's even, what it's supposed it to even go, It even goes... And normally, like, you'd, you'd accuse Tyler of being guilty of it against Liverpool. Even for the City game the weekend, he was dreadful. Mm. Dreadful. The one thing I would say about this, what I noticed, um, uh, the Newcastle game, Fletcher, like, he he got really, he seemed to get really carried away in the whole atmosphere of, you know, Newcastle. They came out with the fast start and whatnot. And he went full Tyler when Liverpool scored, you know, for, for the next sort of like 20 minutes. Like, he was so deflated. You know, it was like he thought he was maybe there to commentate on something that was... In upset. You know, yeah, yeah. Commentate on something that was that was going to actually be impactful in the in the whole title race and that. And I think BT got caught up in it as well that they were going to be the ones who were going to be, you know, providing the the big the big sort of the big news in the sports world that day because Jock Liverpool and that was kind of going to almost end the title race and it looked. They've got another chance to do it this week, you know, with Spurs. I, I'm sure they'll be absolutely bigging up the likes of Son, you know, who's in flying form and Harry yeah. Kane. That, that that's, and that's not sure. And that. Yeah, they'll be they'll be on it. They'll be on it again. They'll be on one again Saturday night. And the other thing I noticed about um, Fletch the previous week is for some bizarre reason now, you know, Ian Dark is you know, he's a boxing commentator, always has been a boxing commentator. But for some reason, Fletch flips to the to the um to the Tyson Fury fight because he wants to be the big, you know, the big cheese no doubt because it was the big it was the big event in town that weekend. And Ian Darks lobbed on a on a on a a, 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 a crappy BT game. Um so like, you know, I, I've kind of lost a bit of respect there the last couple of weeks for for for, for Fletch because he just seems he just Seems to um, he wants seems to be everywhere. To be sort of playing to the gallery a lot more than what I had him down for. Yeah, and then well, it doesn't—it doesn't, it doesn't even extend to that. What's that? It ex- extends forward than that because you know, Sky have your man um, that's around donkey's years that interviews them after the games. Um, Jeff Shreves. Is it oh, Jeff Shreves? Yeah. Yeah. So he he yeah. he's he's on the bench during the games, and you'll see him at Anfield behind Klopp, and then he's in you know the tunnel doing the stuff, and you have that. And he just asks the questions, and sometimes he gets himself into a bit of trouble if, if it's kind of said the wrong way. But I don't think he goes out of his way to make trouble. I think sometimes he asks a question. I remember seeing one clip before. I think it's him with Roy Hodgson. And he asks Roy Hodgson a question, and Roy Hodgson literally loses the plot, starts cursing at him and everything. You have to start again. But when you look at when you look at BT, again, look, just going back on this thing where, oh, this was going to be the, the day that BT would show when the title race would end and stuff like that. But Des Kelly is there. Right now, this is the same Des Kelly that was on the Anfield pitch. If you remember, after Barcelona were beaten four 0 and he was grabbing players away from celebrating at the cup to interview them, right? 
and loved every fucking minute of it. And he's the same Des Kelly that then has a go, I think, a clap away at Brighton, if I remember rightly. And he yeah. makes a big Ferrara over that. And he's still at it. And, and I said it last week. As well, guys, yeah, yeah, they uh, are doing it. And, and they I genuinely... a lot of times that club requested the game to be moved or not. Yeah, yeah. And, they, said and, th- they said that two, two or three times in coverage. Yeah, and, then, and then Des and Kelly, I'd love I'd love Klopp to just tell Des Kelly to fuck off. I genuinely would. I would love him to just go up and go, listen, Des, would you ever go and fuck off? And then just walk <laughs> off. Because I feel it's right. Like, Sky, Sky... Do, do stuff for me it's not punditry anymore I don't call it punditry anymore I refuse to because it's all about and someone said it there they don't want the best commentators they want people that will say something that people will get annoyed at you know the, 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 yes the whole reaction is much more valuable than the input now it all it, it is across all them and Sky are known for it uh, but when it comes to when it comes to BT they're trying to make themselves look intelligent but do, they're doing the exact same thing as Sky and um, I just, I'm just sick, sick watching them. I, I can't watch anything before. Mike alone before the game at the weekend was literally going on as if Liverpool were in the bottom three um, with the <laughs> team that they put out. Genuinely. And then was doing backflips. It was like something at the fucking Olympics. You know, when you go, you go on the floor and you do all the fucking War games. flips and jumps. War games. games. And he yep. was backflipping all over the shop come the end of it. And I'm kind of going, we're, people are paying 100 quid a month for this. Are you fucking for real? Do you know what I mean? But I mean that's ca- the that's Kelly thing with Klopp. Like, I mean, after he interviews him at the end, at the end of the game, then Jake Humphrey immediately goes. So that's another two years that Des Kelly will be interviewing Jurgen Klopp, as if Des Kelly's any kind of rel- <laughs> relative sort of importance to, yeah. to Liverpool. Yeah, as if as if as if Klopp went to Liverpool and went, listen, my wife wants to stay, but. <laughs> Can we just make sure that Des Kelly keeps the job as well? So we'll stay for another two years. Like Cop hates every one of them. You can just tell. And then like that's that was the just that was the biggest thing for me. Klopp hated football in the lockdown. No matter how bad he was. Yeah. No matter, yeah. No matter how down he was. And look at the look at the difference in him now. That's why I'm so surprised he stayed on. I'd say he just comes I'd say he walks back into the dressing room and he turns around and goes, Pep or Hendo. You want to hear the shite there after being asking me out there? I'd say they do. I'd say it is conversations that they do have yeah. because they're honestly, it, it like you said, it's literally now. What can we say to put in a YouTube thumbnail or clip? <coughs> yeah, that's going to get the most traction, or on a on a on a quote retweet on Twitter. That's that's going to get people pointing. But it's Shani, it's very it's very simple, Shani. They will chop up any comment without context and narrative just to push it. Correct. Uh, and, and and gain traction. And that's why journalism has gone out the window. And then, like, they have Michael Richards and fucking Roy Kane, who are like lethal weapon on the fucking, <laughs> on the out. Like, and then they put trouble Bad boys three. Like, just fucking Mika Richards laughing at his own jokes for an hour. It's, yeah. it's, 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 and Roy Kane making the same thing, <coughs> saying the same things every week. Yeah. Like, I'd love to. De- I'd love them to do a, a follow up on um, a sequel to. You remember Still Game? Do you remember Still Game with the two outlets in Scotland? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. I'd love. Yeah. I'd love Keenan thing to do that in Manchester yeah. when they're about sixty. I'd love to tell them to do that because it's like. But again, but but it's very simple, right? If you if you found a clip of Rio Ferdinand breaking down how a defender played in the game over two or three minutes. Or you took the clip of Rio Ferdinand where he says, always oh, always at the wheel and all this shit, and put them side by side. You know which one is going to get more reaction. You know yeah. which one is going to be watched more. And you know which one BT will put I'll say more. one thing. 
At least the boys in BN Sports, at least they don't even try to hire. They literally have Andy Gray <laughs> and Herdy Hans fucking kids, and they're just making misogynistic jokes, saying whatever they want, on yeah. the line, and it's literally like, hey, lads, we have more money than God. Nobody's going to cancel us. You can say whatever the fuck you want. And they don't even hide it. No. It's literally, it's like the, what's the two fellas out of Muppets, Marley and Bob, the two ghosts, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That is lit. Yep. And they don't even hide it. And sort of, I sort of appreciate that. Like, they come back to, to Andy Gray after the Merseyside derby. And he was like a fucking bull in a china shop. Really was <laughs> and really used to correct your case. Just go to break. I don't really feel like that. <laughs> just, yeah. just like, and you oh, know what's on BN Sports when Wenger and Mourinho I'll, I'll press the break button. Since you, we haven't got program, I'll just press the break button. Break, yeah, job we, done. Do you know what? I don't want to talk. Can we talk about something else? Did you see the little one in the pink dress down at the front? And That's literally what they're like. They don't even hide it. And I kind of... I sort of... I, I, I admire that in a way because it doesn't hide it. But now all they have now in Sky is, and what you think of that, Roy? Well, it's not good enough on a my day. And then they have Neville coming down acting like the blatant politician and Carragher sitting there laughing at him now. Like, <laughs> it's a fucking joke. It's, I'm honestly sick of it. I used to love him, man. I used to love it. But it's shit now. Well, I said it ages ago. I think, I think um, you know, when you see Neville doing his, his overlap stuff, it's good. But then when you actually see what's going on on match days, it's so choreographed, it's untrue. And they, they should literally just go back to doing Monday Night Football where they break down well, different teams. I'll be interested to see if Neville brings Paul Pogba out onto a golf course now asking him where he's going to go. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so would he's, I. Been kept, right. he's been kept hostage. We have to go. An hour, an hour and a half. Phil has to feed the child in four minutes. Davo, we have to ring him to tell him to get up and go to work um, because he works at half 11 at night as well, apparently. Um, Wait, I had a strange sport this week and I completely oh. forgot what it was. It's gone out of my head. Try to remember. Try to remember. Shawnee, uh, anything else before we go? No, that's it. Uh, it's fucking mad with that situation now where there's a Champions League semi-final tomorrow night and I feel like it's normal. And I won't say, I won't go too much into it, but the first Champions League final, I definitely, I know myself, there was a feeling of sort of like uh, imposter syndrome I felt when we went to play Madrid in Kiev. I kind of felt that there was an element that was not thinking we deserved to be there, but that is definitely not the fucking case anymore. Well, literally, have one foot in the Champions League final and this feels normal. This this is unbelievable. And this is why I really don't give a bollocks what happens in the league. It's an absolute bonus going forward. If we can make a number seven, Jesus Christ, we just enjoy the ride. And then the ballot comes out and we're all going to be in Paris. And I swear to God, I'm going to lose I got an email job. yesterday to say I'm going to lose my new job before I even get a chance to get my feet. <laughs> I, got, I got an email last night or the other day to say um, that I'll know by the 6th of May if I was successful in the tickets. So yeah. you've probably got the same email. Um, Dicko, anything else before we go? Um, no, just to say, you know, tomorrow after we've uh, clinched the uh, place in the Champions League final, if uh, if you're one of those people who booked your flights and your hotels on the day that the final was switched to Paris, you're in very good company. Yeah, and if you haven't, it's about five grand a night in Paris at the night. Um, look at the hotels yeah. today. Oh my God, there's, about yeah. four, there's, about, there's about four hotels left and they're all, they're all about five grand for the three nights. So Yeah, um, Dicko showed us that earlier. We we got it for about eight quid a night, I think. Um, <laughs> but I don't know where. It could be anywhere. We could be staying in the bleeding. We're, at, we're literally at the Eiffel Tower. Are we? Yeah. In the Eiffel yeah, Tower, are we staying there? 
Yeah. yeah. In a tennis oh, one. I, do you know, I've even Is started... Is that far thinking, from the ground? Uh, it's about... Just walk over it's there. A, it's it's literally, I think it's about 40 minutes on the metro. 40? Yeah. It's a, yeah, I mean... It, the, the, the the train, you can get a oh, fucking room yeah. closer to about five grand and oil you want on oil. oil, <laughs> no, oil no. Actually, oil, do you know what? Can you have... Are you allowed cans? Are you allowed cans on the metro? Yeah, cans and oh, crepes—that's part of the bleeding thing. Ah, oh, cans. cans, and cans Gav, on the table. Gav, we're going to be drinking cans at the top of the arc to triumph after we win that European Cup. That's 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 it is right. It is right, Dico. Is right. Uh, Phil, anything else before we go? Did you World Championship tags. That's what I was watching. <laughs> what were you watching? World Championship tag finals. Chasing. Yeah, oh it's a real God. sport. <laughs> World Championship chasing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Two hours it? Who, who won it? It was, it was an American team against an Israeli team. I'm not even messing, right? right? It's like a room. Say it's a room the size of, say, of a dressing room, right? And they have like obstacles in it. And a fella starts at the back and the other is the chaser. He comes in, right? And they're jumping over tables and everything. And the, the aim of the game is to touch the fella. And if he touches it, you're caught, but you have like a minute and 40 seconds to catch him. It, I, I swear to God, it's the most amazing television you can watch. And is there a start line and a finish line? Or is it just so, run where you like? So there's one fella who has to be caught. Right? And there's another fella who's catching him, right? <laughs> the fella who's catching him is the fellow who's to be caught is at the back of the room and the fellow who's catching him is at the front of the room. He runs in and dives through a table to go after your man. The other fellow's running up and down. Honestly, I swear to God, we have to get the God, we have to start putting clips up of these. I sent it to Paddy. Paddy said to me, Did you see this? I said, Yeah, but have you seen this? And he came back to me with 20 minutes. That's brilliant. I'm going to have to watch more of this now. So, like, genuinely, I, I sent okay, the clip so on world, world Championship Chasing. World Championship Tag. I chasing. think it's in the World Games, yeah. Same thing. Chasing. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, James says it's real and he's seen an advert for it fuck off Brandon <laughs> yeah, um, Cheese says what sort of dressing room is it like a 20 foot container dressing room or is it two 20 foot containers put together lengthwise or I've actually seen it before if anyone's familiar with Call of Duty it's like the shipment map on Call of Duty it's just yeah. a load of be- it's like a load of beams and like goal posts and like shipment containers and that flying it's actually it's good to watch to be honest with you it's mad but, uh, yeah it's, well, it's there you actually go. It's, world championship yeah. chasing there you, go. there you go that has been winners and losers uh, we will be back tomorrow following the Champions League semi-final second leg with full time reds um, usually two people on that show but we might go for four tomorrow night if you know if, if all things go to plan um, that's Tuesday Wednesday night will be the midweek fix Thursday will be off Friday we'll have um, Sports Unplugged and then Saturday night we will have uh, full time reds after Liverpool v Spurs Failicon is our charity partner I had a big spiel about it last night I'm not going to do the same today the link is in the description donate if you can if you can't make people um share it share of friends family whatever you can donate or share that is the show from us on that that has been winners and losers thanks to phil shawnee and diggo i've been gav over now you're on sports social podcast network